0: This is host Raymond Posh. No new episodes are being added under Our Spiritual Life, but all 108 episodes will remain accessible. My new episodes are all being published under My New Ways of Being podcast. You can learn about me and new ways of being at RaymondPosh.com. Welcome to the Our Spiritual Life Podcast, in which I and others discuss how we, individually and collectively, can live more fulfilling, creative, and powerful lives through spiritual growth and awakening. I'm Raymond Posh, your host, and I want these conversations to support and empower our spiritual life together. I'm a spiritual life coach. And I also lead small groups to meet regularly and hold intentions for each other based on the amazing findings of Lynn McTaggart in her intention experience. To learn more, see liveyoursuccess.com. Uh, my guest today is Sandy Voe. I'm very happy to have her here with me and, uh, I think this is going to be a good conversation where uh, you listeners will gain uh, new insights into ideas that you know apply to really to practical life, Uh, but our context will be at least somewhat uh, spiritual. That we might talk about awareness and um, and spiritual ideas. Like awakening and unity consciousness, and uh, those types of things. So, but these what we're going to cover should definitely be helpful to all of you. Sandy is a meditation teacher, she's devoted to revolutionizing modern living by introducing a new level of functionality and serving more conscious leaders on their journey of self-realization. So I consider that to be a very spiritual uh, kind of idea. Um, She's also the founder of uh, Prosperous School of Self-Realization, host of Prosperous, the podcast, and she's co-founder of a media brand and network called Ladies Aligned. Sandy, let's jump into this. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Yeah. Great Tell us a few words about you.
1: Well, Hi. I am... Uh... What, I'll on? give you, I'll give you, I'll give you five minutes, you know, <laughs> like <in> an hour. <laughs> uh, well, I am uh, a fiance, a mom to a pup son named Brody. He's a cockapoo, um, a daughter, and I am a meditation teacher and I have an online wellness practice, which you talked a little bit about called prosperous school, self-realization oh. and a podcast called prosperous. So I spend a lot of my time, um, uh, living and and learning through what life has to offer, and really practicing being the example, because I think that's the best way to to teach. So, all aspects of our of our humanness is a great opportunity to to teach just by who we're being. So, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, and if you want to hear a little deeper, I uh, grew up with parents who were. Uh, immigrants from Vietnam. My mom is half African American and Vietnamese. My dad is half Indian and Vietnamese. So I am a mix, and um, I think that really helped me to see life a little differently because I've been I'm multi-racial, um, uh, and and it, I feel like it's given me a different lens in the way to view the world. And so when I started diving deeper into spirituality, uh, it really opened my eyes up to. Uh, how we are all unique, but we are all unique expressions of of the same thing. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit about me. Wow, that's uh, great.
0: Thank you so much for those insights. And uh, I think you're doing uh, great work in the world. Uh, yeah, let's keep it up. I, the world needs so much uh, help and guidance and uh, encouragement these Mm -hmm. days um and you know uh what you said uh as living and learning through what life has to offer is just beautiful so and i you know i hope everyone listening is very tuned into that Uh, we all need to live and learn through what life has to offer so that's a great perspective Thank you. Um, You know, you had mentioned that uh, you are concerned about uh, unity consciousness and why that's more important than ever for us to think about and put into practice now. Say, you know, say some words about that. And uh, I'd love to hear more about what you're thinking there.
1: Yeah so we can talk about uh unity consciousness from two different levels at one level it's a level of um you know being human and living in a world where we feel a lot more um, in union and at peace with ourselves in the world, uh, our external environment. And on the other level, unity consciousness is about um, uniting your outer worlds with your inner wisdom, uniting your outer thoughts with your inner worlds. Um, and, and it's that, that God consciousness so unity consciousness is the ability to attune yourself to what your inner wisdom is and align your thoughts and your actions with your inner wisdom so it's it's in a sense being one with your god consciousness or your your true nature and so i think that's really important it's an important conversation to have in today's world because Uh, you know, at least the last couple of years, it's always been a thing. But the last couple of years, we have seen more division and separation than ever. You know, there's constantly uh, things being advertised on mainstream media platforms and and social media platforms that promote um, beliefs or concepts that cause us to view ourselves as separate. And we become more and more divided now than ever, Um, not just down to our racial standpoint or religious standpoint, like it was in the past, but now down to uh, a a medical standpoint. And so I think that uh, when someone adopts unity consciousness, what they're saying is I recognize that myself and this other person, we are not separate of one another. We are simply unique expressions of the divine. And I honor this person and the path that they are on and I honor my path and uh, the work that I'm here to do. And, and through that, you're able to actually work together versus where when you're making decisions or you're communicating from a place of um, uh, divided consciousness, uh, you're seeing yourself as a separate human being. You're, you're labeling yourself with this identity. And now you are operating more from an animalistic uh, mammal nature and, and to survive. Uh, and and your body experiences that. And so it's really about um, tapping back into a higher consciousness that, that we all have access to.
0: Right. Yes. Beautifully said. Uh, you're definitely touching on uh, oneness, which I uh, talk about often in my shows. I think more and more people uh, are needed to really tap into that and to experience it. Because, yeah, at the surface level, we see that we're separate. As you said, we are told in so many ways that we are separate and uh, we we need to hear and share a different message that at a deeper, deeper, deeper level we are all connected. We are all one. Mm -hmm. We are all part of that infinite uh, intelligence, infinite being. And the world needs more awareness of these ideas. So you said it so beautifully. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you made me think of, um, uh, you know, very famous expression that came from uh, Wayne Dyer. He he told us that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yes. And it's important that we remind ourselves of that. We are spiritual beings. We just forget it so easily mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, uh, f- the way we live in the world. Uh, uh, the, the world Humanity hasn't reached a real high level of consciousness, consciousness yet. I think humanity, and I believe to a larger portion maybe than many people realize, is, you know, all as individuals, we're working on becoming more conscious. And um, and that we definitely need to continue that. You said, units, you, you said something um that that you talk about how to befriend your ego. Say a few more words about that uh, because in the spiritual realm, uh, many spiritual teachers kind of talk in terms of uh, we need to, uh, you know, and there have been some that even say we need to kill our ego. Uh, You know, it's the enemy of our awakening. Um, But I think you're pointing to we don't change overnight we need to find a way to befriend our ego as we grow in consciousness so give me your thoughts on that
1: yeah you know often in the the spiritual realm or uh, what you read in self-improvement books you, we talk about killing the ego and uh, my concepts and my philosophy around that looks a little, a little bit different. Because if you kill the ego to awaken to your true nature, how then are you still being an operating human being in the world? If you talk about, you know, we are spirits having a human experience, how are you going to have a human experience if you don't have an ego, right? And so that's where I, uh, I have a completely different philosophy. I believe that our ego, we absolutely go through so many deaths. Um, within our ego. Every time that you choose to honor a decision that serves your highest and greatest path and you uh, sacrifice the one that doesn't, your ego dies. There's a certain part of your ego that is dying and a new part of you is being reborn, but that's the thing. It's being reborn. So the ego is still present, but each time the ego dies and is born again, that ego is more and more in tune living in union with its higher self with its higher consciousness and therefore the way that that ego that expression now expresses itself in the world looks a lot different than in the past. And so, you know, for me, I teach that our egos are an absolute part of our human experience and we need our egos. If I didn't have my ego, I wouldn't have a personality. I wouldn't have all these uh, learned habits um, that I bring or experiences that I can bring to the table and vice versa. We're interacting with each other through our egos, of course, through our, our energy and our spirit as well, but it's through our ego that we can project uh, information outward. And so I think that, uh, you know, for, for people who are on their path, when you recognize this, it's, it's so much more kind and it's so much more compassionate. When you can recognize that it's not just about getting rid of your ego and that your ego is the enemy. If you actually can sit down and and have a nurturing conversation with your ego, just as if you were talking to a young seven-year-old child, then you have the ability to teach your ego and guide your ego to make different decisions. And what I say is that the mind only knows what it knows until it learns something different. And we have the ability through our conscious and our superconscious mind to teach our ego, which is often based and operating out of our unconscious mind, something different. And right. once you have that, now it's going to have a completely different experience. So that's my perspective.
0: Oh, thank you. I, I like your, your viewpoint, your perspective on life. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know how you've learned everything that you've learned, but um, I, you know, I can tell that you are really tuned in to where we're at in the world and the kind of changes we need to go through.
1: Mm, I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, so that gives us some context about ego. You know, it sounds like you have some good thoughts about. Uh, how helping people think about how what it looks like to have the courage to change, uh, and how you can transition through change, maybe more easily or or maybe even more quickly. So yeah, tell me ab- about that.
1: So having the courage to change. How do you have the courage to change? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I think this is uh, this is challenging at first because at the end of the day, we're human beings, right? And uh, as human beings, uh, one of the things that we have is a brain and our brain is, is still so much, there's so much information that we have yet to know about our brains. So much of it is often a mystery. And when it comes to changing our habits, the reason why it's so hard is because about 95 to 98% of the way that we operate and live our lives, it's coming from an unconscious portion of our minds, of our brain. And then it's driving our thoughts, it's driving our decisions, it's driving our behaviors, it's driving the way that we interact with the world, it drives what jobs we choose, what relationships we choose, and, and how we live our present reality if we are not aware. And so what first makes it so challenging to actually have the courage just to change is because you don't even know that you want to make a change. You're not aware of how a certain habit pattern or behavior is actually highly affecting your life until you experience it typically on a physical matter. So most people, when they start to explore you know, the realm of spirituality or when they begin to wake up to their true nature, it's. Not all the time, but oftentimes when they're in a significant amount of pain and because they have this pain that they can physically feel in their bodies, it's waking them up to something. The body at this point is screaming and saying, give me your attention. Give me your attention. This doesn't feel good anymore. We didn't listen when it was just whispering, but now it's come to a point where it's screaming and we can feel it. And so when we feel it on a physical level, now we have the awareness, wait a second, something doesn't feel right here and something needs to change. So for me on my path, I, you know, uh, I got really, I was going through a, a time of deep depression when I was a junior in college from freshman to junior year and uh it got to the point where i gained about 40 extra pounds on my body i just felt lethargic and tired all the time i didn't feel like i had as much energy And I knew that it wasn't supposed to be that way. And it was painful to live in that way, to not feel like my vibrant self. And for me, that was the wake-up call that I needed in order to um, wake up to my true nature in order to ask deeper questions. So to answer your question, first, it starts with awareness. When you are aware, when you actually slow down enough to be present with your body and you become more aware of what your body is telling you, what's it saying? Where have you been sore? Where have you been aching? What have you been ignoring? When you become more aware of that, now you're going to feel a lot more empowered and driven to make a change. And you're going to have more courage to do so because you realize that you don't want to live this type of reality anymore.
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, I, one of the things I teach in my coaching, uh, life coaching is, the importance of becoming more aware, and there are various techniques to doing that. And uh, one that I teach is inner body awareness—really paying attention to the inner body, and uh, you know, and even to the point of you know what's feeling good and what's not feeling good, because we get caught up in our mind thinking. So much of the time in our thoughts, and um, we have to slow down the mind, quiet the mind, and in order to become more aware.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, but it's it's hard to it's hard to make that change when we're, uh we're surrounded by an environment that tells us something completely different. Uh, and that's one of the things that I loved that my my own meditation teacher told me in the very beginning is that. The company you keep is stronger than your will. Also, the environment that you're in is often stronger than your will. And so if you're in an environment that is um, reiterating or showing proof um, of uh, the same habit patterns that you're in, you're just going to validate it and you're going to justify it and you're going to you're going to feel comfortable and you're going to stay in that comfort. And so it really does take uh this this deeper connection to your body or or a new drive within you something outside of you that drives within you to say this no more and and you actually are able to get out of that environment for a moment to change yourself and then go back in and change that environment
0: yes in the information you provided me I, you commented that it's it's common that people experience the same frustrating patterns uh, over and over. And uh, so tell, tell me a bit more about that and, and how you help people break out of that, break through to something more.
1: Yeah, so uh, what I talked about earlier, so there's three levels of consciousness. There's the unconscious mind, which is 95 to 98%. Um, the conscious mind, which is two percent, uh, and then there's a the superconscious mind, which is a little bit within the mind and outside of the mind. And the reason why we get stuck in the same frustrating patterns is because we don't realize that we are creatures of habit, and we're operating from the same loop that we were in just the day before. And so, um, there's this doctor, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who says that the unconscious mind is a million times more powerful than the conscious mind. So what that means is many of us are operating, um, from old habit patterns and what I call, uh, uh, external programming. So we, we pick up information from the outer world, we pick up labels and we absorb it to be true for ourselves. And then we create a reality based on that alone. And so in order to to change this, in order to change these frustrating patterns that people stay stuck in, because sometimes you feel like you're a hamster inside of a wheel and and you don't know when it's going to stop rolling, right? right? In order to change these frustrating patterns, we have to interrupt that pattern. And part of how we interrupt it is by applying and and integrating and teaching ourselves new things. So the mind only knows what it knows until you teach it something different. So um, part of, of breaking free of that pattern is number one, awareness, which we already talked about. And number two, integrating uh, some type of practice like meditation, where uh, meditation is not just about sitting down and closing your eyes and, and shutting down your thoughts. As a matter of fact, it's not about that at all. Um, Just like we have a brain, Uh, and a heart that beats involuntarily, and uh, lungs that pump involuntarily, we also have this brain that thinks involuntarily. So the goal isn't to shut down our thoughts. But it's to understand, it's to observe, so that we can reprogram our minds so that we can recognize that we are here to create uh, our lives and and our reality. Uh, And so the more that you can become aware and then apply practices like meditation, where it gives you the ability to observe, then you can take what's in the unconscious mind and you bring it forward into your conscious mind. And when you're doing this work repetitively, moment to moment, because meditation isn't just about sitting still, it's happening uh, moment to moment uh, throughout your day, then what you're doing is you are creating a, uh, a larger portion of that conscious mind So where it was 2%. It might become eight percent, it might become ten percent, and if we do that again and again throughout our lifetime, we're we're going to feel um, like we are in conscious control that we are we are not just creating our own reality, but we are co-creating with that infinite intelligence that we talked about earlier.
0: Right. Fantastic, thank you. So you had also said that uh, you could talk about what it looks like to live in the 3D world, the material world of duality, and uh, that you can help people, help guide them to embrace their shadows, pain, chaos, confusion, just as much as embracing the light of love, joy, and peace. Yeah, talk about that if you would.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I believe before we hit the record button, we were kind of talking about, um, you know, your show and and how you changed the name of it because you wanted people to actually um, have practical aspects where they're applying it into their lives as well, right? And so I think the thing with um, spirituality is sometimes. Uh, we forget that we are spirits having a human experience. We're not humans here to try to have spiritual experiences. You know, we already are the the spirits. We already are. That is the true essence of who we are. And so when we actually allow ourselves to have human experiences, um, we're, we're honoring ourselves within this 3D reality that we're living in. So for me, the intersection um, the work that I do is really uh, guiding more people to experience the intersection of the lived experience, the lived human experience, meaning I am a human that has a s- spectrum of emotions, some emotions that there are no names for. And um, I'm here to have an experience of the vastness of what this human experience is. You know, I came into this earth to have that experience. And then um, it's also recognizing that you're the spirit as well. And so how do you, how do you integrate practices into your life that honor the spiritual essence of who you are? You know, are you are you breathing um, in a in a deeper state? Are you in tune to that part of yourself? Are you listening to your own inner wisdom? Is your mind and your heart having a relationship, are they in love? Are they, are they talking to each other? So these are are, are the types of, of things that, you know, we can begin to recognize when we understand that we're humans living in this 3D physical world, but then we're also spirits as well. So how do we find the intersection between the two of them and actually honor ourselves along the way? So to me, it's, it's, it's not one or the other, it's both. And when you begin to recognize that, when you begin to Um, apply practices in your life that feel true and good to you, which, you know, don't let me, don't let me trick you into thinking that it has to be anything complicated, right? Like when I say the word practices, and it means practice because it's not like you're here to get it right the first time is I'm talking about just going for a 10 minute walk outside. I'm talking about just pausing in between Uh, meetings, talking to people, being on the phone and just taking a few deep breaths. I'm talking about, you know, letting your bare feet touch the ground and just feel the energy of the earth coming through you for just a moment. I'm talking about when you're outside and you're going for a walk, just observe, try not to judge anything or label anything. When the bird flies by, watch the bird flap its wings. And when the wind blows, you know, watch the trees sway back and forth, Uh, allow yourself to have more of those kinds of moments. And what you're doing is you're creating a three D reality that honors your spiritual being and essence at the same time.
0: I love that. Yeah. It is so important to, to, as you say, stop, (laughs) you could, you could go with the, the, really uh, well-known phrase of stop and smell the roses, but Uh, stop and (laughs) and observe life all around you, especially, especially nature, but just taking time to observe ourselves is important too. Yeah, absolutely. Going to switch gears now a little bit um, because I know you're a meditation teacher and uh, I know that one of the things you teach others is how to become a magnet for joy and prosperity through meditation. So tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So meditation, ultimately, I'll I'll talk about what meditation is is not, uh, because it's something that a lot of people might have certain concepts about. Meditation is not a religion. So you can have any religious background and, and meditation will serve you, um, or not depends on, on who you are and, and where you are in your life, what chapter and season that you're in meditation is not about, uh, sitting down, closing your eyes and telling your thoughts to be quiet. Meditation is not exclusive to only monks that sit in caves. Meditation is uh, is a, a practice or or I would like to say an experience where you are re-engineering the software of your own mind. So a lot of us were using computers, um, right? So we kind of can understand this from a standpoint of a computer, you know, when when your computer is slowing down because you're on like an OS system that's super old, an operating system that's super old, and it's not uh, it's not uh, coinciding with these times, your system is going to be slower. Um, there's going to be a lot of crashing that happens. Uh, it's not going to operate. Uh, efficiently and you're not going to be able to be as productive you're probably going to get really frustrated and it's going to interfere with the work that you're doing because you're on this old operating system when you start to meditate what meditation does is it in many senses upgrades your operating system so where your operating system might have been a 6.5 you're upgrading it to a 10 right? And now this operating system, because you've spent the time to uh, integrate these meditation practices, now your mind is working a lot more efficiently. You don't have that blur um, that's going on in your head or that, that head fog that a lot of people talk about. Um, You don't feel as stressed. You feel uh, more clear and you feel like you can be more efficient and productive with the time that you do have. And so uh, meditation is very much an intimate practice that can be unique to each and every person. So that's why I say that self-care is being self-aware. What I'm aware of that I need for me in this moment is going to be different for you, Raymond, and anyone else that's listening to this. We've we come from different backgrounds, we've had different lived experiences. And so what means care to you is going to look completely different. And so when you begin to upgrade your software and now you can process things a little bit more efficiently and things are working, guess what that creates space for? It creates space for you to exude more joy and, and peace and love and energy out into the world, not from a place of frustration, but from a place of wholeness. And so that's how meditation can really help to, um, you know, create more joy in any, anyone's life. Uh, on another note, I think the reason why when people practice meditation for a consecutive amount of times, you know, I would say for 90 days or even just 20 days straight, it, they feel an instant shift because they're actually taking the time to create spaces for themselves You know, when your mind has space and when it has space to reflect, when it has space to slow down, when it has space in general, again, it's just like a computer. When your computer has space, you can actually download new information. But if your computer was, your storage was way too high And you're on this old operating system if you're trying to download something a new software you can't because it's already too full so it's the same thing we feel more joy and we feel more prosperous because we actually have space to download new information that's coming directly from this infinite intelligence that comes from the divine from the universe and so when we start doing that we we again we we start to feel more of that joy and we're we're spreading it everywhere else that that we go yes
0: yeah, I love the way you uh, describe creating space for yourself. Yeah, so important. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about energy. Yes, uh, you know people have heard the expression "we're all energy." Matter is mm-hmm. really energy under the covers, and uh, and you also talk about uh, masculine and feminine energy. Um, yeah, talk about that a little bit and, um, you know, how that applies in life and business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in, you know, from an energetic level and even from a physiological level, we have masculine and masculine and feminine energies running through our, our bodies. So our feminine side is on the left side of our body and the masculine side is on the right side of our bodies. And, um, when I talk about feminine and masculine energy, it's really about how do I find the equanimity or the equilibrium, the balance between both. So our feminine nature is represented by the moon. It's very passive. It's very cooling. The feminine nature of the moon is, um, it's nurturing, it's creative. Um, all of that is our, our feminine nature and whether you are whether you identify with being a man, a woman, transgender, we all have these aspects of feminine and masculine energies within us, no matter what you physically identify as. The masculine um, part of us is on the right side of our bodies. And that is represented by the sun. Now, when you think about the sun, you think about hot fire. Fire is a very transformative nature. It's um, the part of us that hustles—it's a part of us that likes to achieve goals. It's a part of us that um, likes to get things done, likes to be creative, analytical, rational thinking, logical thinking. That's all the masculine part of us. When we do not balance the masculine and the feminine parts of us, then what happens is when we're leaning too much on one side than the other, our bodies are are um, fighting a lot harder than it actually needs to in order to just be able to enjoy what's right in front of them. It's, it's hard to be able to do that. So um, for example, a lot of uh, a lot of women and even using myself as an example, you know, we, we all grew up in a, in a a culture that was a lot more patriarchal Um, decisions were made often based on prestige and power and achievement. The masculine side is the more assertive side. And uh, you know, growing up, a lot of us, we've, we, we were operating from our masculine side as women. So we, uh, we did a lot of achieving. Um, we ignore our own inner wisdom in order to uh, fulfill certain goals or outcomes without fully fulfilling ourselves. And so a huge part of that is getting back in tune with our feminine nature. You know, even men, even, even growing up when you're crying, what do people tell you? Oh, man up, don't cry. You know, even men have been more so stripped away from their feminine nature, which is part of, part of our process, you know, as a human being part of our journey. Um, and so when I talk about feminine masculine energy, it's asking the question of how can I find the balance between both, um, and then, and then apply it to my life. And so, you know, for me, yes, I'm a meditation teacher. Yes, I spend my time um, living in the practice of the things that I teach, but I'm also a business owner. And I also um, have a very, uh, I, I can have a very uh, strategic mind and all that comes from my masculine energy. And that's to be honored. And it's just finding the balance between both.
0: All right. Thank you
1: the subject of the
0: energy, um, you talk about uh, what happens to your energy when you don't have healthy boundaries. And um, I think you have three simple practices that you talk about. Do you want to say a few words about that?
1: Yeah. So boundaries are, are super important when it comes to protecting our energy and and you know, especially when you don't have any, you kind of just feel like you're flying with the wind and you're going whichever direction that it blows. And that can be very exhausting. And so part of getting in touch with your own boundaries is asking yourself, what are my core values and what's important to me? Because if you can define what is important to you, then you can create an entire life around that and you can build boundaries around that. So for example, one of my core values is peace. Um, and another one of my core values is joy. And so if that's my core value, then I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to entertain thoughts, people um, that don't line up with peace or joy, um, right? And so a boundary that you begin to set is um, how do I start to honor um, what feels true and, and it resonates with me? Uh, And so that's, that's a huge part of setting healthy boundaries, asking yourself, what are your core values, and then actually setting those boundaries. So three things that you can do is first, um, define what your core values are, so that it's kind of like your North Star, it's your aim. And after you define what your core values are, the second thing is to start setting boundaries around that by having the conversations, you know, and this is a part that a lot of people don't like, they they feel like it's confrontational to have conversations, mm-hmm. um, you know, tough conversations, but We have to have these conversations because it shows our humanness. It shows that we respect ourselves and the other people. Like how many times have you said yes to doing something when you really meant no, you know, if someone asks you for a favor, you're like, yeah, I'll do that for you. Yeah, no problem. Sure. But in your heart, you're thinking, no, I don't have enough time. I feel tired. I'm doing, I already have all these other things committed, but you put a smile on your face and you say yes anyway. Well, you think you're helping the other person by not having the conversation, by not setting a boundary, but you're not because you're showing up to help them. But now you're showing up from a place of frustration, wishing that you weren't there. You're not fully present and you're not giving your 100% presence. So to me, you're better off saying to them, that, uh, you know, I'm able, I'm not able to help you at this time. Like, does another time work for you? Or if you're not interested in it at all, just be very straightforward about that because now they can actually ask somebody else or they can feel empowered enough to do it themselves and enabled to do it themselves. And so um, that's a second part of setting healthy boundaries is having the conversations and um, and actually sharing what your boundaries are. So many people think that. So many people assume that other people know, but people won't know until you actually share. And the third part is every decision that you make, um, align it with, with what your, your boundaries are. So there's personal boundaries and then there's external boundaries. So personal boundaries are when you say to yourself, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. to meditate, and then I'm going to um, carve out another two hours to go for a walk outside and take care of myself. And then you honor that, you know, now you're honoring your personal boundary. And if you, if you set those boundaries, but you didn't honor it, then you've, you've crossed your own boundary right there. So there's a personal boundary, but then there's also the external boundary. It's, it's a boundary of you, you, your interaction with other people and, and, and things. And so that external boundary would be, you know, if, um, your mom asks you for, for help on something or, you know, negative Nancy is calling you, um, to go to the bar and go out for a drink when you're not, you're not on that wave anymore. You know, um, you you would be, that's an external boundary that you need to place. And so I think the hardest boundaries that people have to set isn't actually with other people. It's with themselves.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's, um, yeah not only do I love your answers there, but that's some great teaching that you're sharing with the listeners. Tell us uh, your thoughts on how to live in the present moment which I think is so important in this crazy world that we live in, where it's, it can be hard to do that.
1: Yeah. Um, you're right. It, it is hard to do that. I think it's harder now than it was before. Uh, I think back, I think the the cool thing about growing up in today's times is I've had, I've experienced life before cell phones and before, mm-hmm. you know, all these devices. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember going outside and, Playing in the dirt and naming the ants <laughs> and <laughs> and just uh, it really you know enjoying my time uh, and, and feeling a lot of joy from from doing that. I mean, those memories are very nostalgic. And I also remember you know getting my first cell phone and then my first smartphone and what life is like now with with all of that. And so, yes, you're right, uh, Raymond, in that it's very challenging to be present now because we have more information available to us faster and um, like more abundant than ever. So we have more information, but we also can get it faster. We can get it at our fingertips and you know, information is power, but the thing is, if we're not being mindful and if we're not using our own level of discernment and we're feeding ourselves all this stimulation and we, we, you know, wake up first thing in the morning as we turn our phones on, or before we go to bed at night, we have to be glaring, you know, looking at the phone, glaring into our eyes. If we keep exposing ourselves to all this information without training ourselves or without skillfully training our minds and our brains, then what we're creating is a brain that does not know how to be present. So it's constantly going to run back and forth and back and forth, past, future, past, future. And it's going to keep playing that that game. It's like, a, it's like toggling. I call it toggling. You're just toggling back and forth from the past to the future. Your brain doesn't actually know how to be present because you spend more time teaching your brain how to be in the past or the future using devices and, and things like that. And so um, a, a, a powerful way to teach yourself how to be more present is to actually block time within your day where you don't have any devices around you at all. And you don't have your phone, you don't have your technologies and just practice doing it for 10 minutes a day at first. So go for a 10 minute walk outside without your phone or your computer or paint, you know, do something that you really loved to do when you were younger. What did you enjoy doing when you were younger? Do that for ten focused minutes a day, without um, uh, having any external stimuli. And as you start doing that, you know, notice how you're feeling. I might, I, you might go, you might hang up and say, "Okay, now I'm going to go and, and do this thing that Sandy said on this podcast." And, and you're starting off with ten minutes, but. Before you know it, you look up at the clock and you started at 10 a.m. and now suddenly it's 1130 and you had no idea because this is what happens when we become more present and we tune into things that we enjoy doing and that we're passionate about. We lose track of time. And and we're so much more connected to to joy. And so yes, while it's challenging to be more present in the world that we're in today, especially with all of our devices and everything, I believe that it's possible for us to have both. We can have these devices which offer us really great opportunities to connect with each other, to do what we're doing right now, um, and to to share our our messages, our positivity throughout the world. But we can also you know block intentional time where it's just you and you, you and your mind, you and your heart, you and your brain, you and your breath. And you're just resting in that for for just a few moments. And that's how you train yourself to be more present.
0: Sandy, I love that suggestion. All right. So one of the things I think you teach is how to meditate and feel good
1: in one minute. Yeah, tell us what that is. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the brain can process information a lot easier if it's simple, right? So like if you're trying to learn a new language right now, it's going to take some time. you are not going to learn it overnight because your, your brain needs to go through this learning process of, of processing. And so the brain is, is more open and you are more, um, enabled, or you're going to have more of a desire to meditate. If you start small spouts at a time. And so when I when I learned meditation, and when I teach it, um, I learned by just doing one minute a day. And I was just completely shocked and fascinated that this was how it was being suggested to me by my teacher. But I recognize why, because um, it's just the path of least resistance. You know, if I told you to go and pick up a 50 pound dumbbell, when you've never even picked up a 10 pound dumbbell, you know, there's too much resistance. And so you're not even going to start because it's too hard. And so with the one minute meditation, it's simply adjusting your body, bringing your awareness to your breath underneath your nose And allowing yourself to be present with what you're feeling. So even if you just take your finger and you put it underneath your nose and you breathe, you can feel that breath going in and out, touching the finger. And so giving your full focus to that area for 60 seconds while breathing deeply. And then opening your eyes, noticing how you feel. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, they feel more present, more clear after just that one minute and and they're surprised. As to how they can experience that when they think that sometimes it takes so much to to do. So it really does. If you just do that for one minute a day, you're gonna feel you're gonna feel good. You're gonna want more.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's you know that's a great idea. Uh, I teach uh, some of my students to um, you know start with five minutes a day. Yeah. You know, but maybe. Maybe for many people, one minute is is better because it makes it easier. And, and yeah. so they can see for one minute. Oh yeah, that does feel good. Yeah. Now uh, I'll do five and I'll do 10 and 20 and, and more. <laughs> and do you teach uh the idea of thinking anything in particular to feel to feel good? You know, like if they're feeling discomfort or stress or or do you just focus on the focus on the breath?
1: So I teach uh, mantra meditation. So I give each student a mantra where they can focus their energy on. So the mantra is a vibration. Mm
0: -hmm. And when
1: you focus on that vibration, um, it, 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 the mantra is a vehicle of the mind. So when you focus on that vibration, all these other thoughts that you have, they kind of dissipate and, and that vibration becomes larger and you're able to completely tune into that vibration of love and fearlessness. So it's a mantra meditation.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. We're beginning to run short on time here. I know that you teach um, uh, or coach uh, some business people as well. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And um, you had mentioned three types of leadership consciousness for success. Could you tell us just
1: real quickly what, what that is? Yeah. So this actually ties back into the three levels of consciousness that I talked about. So there is the unconscious leader who is guiding and leading others from a space of their own wounds or trauma Um, uh, and they're guiding themselves from a place of um, lack of awareness. Maybe they learned something a certain way, and without thinking about it at all, they're teaching it the same exact way. So there's the unconscious leader And then there is the conscious leader. So the conscious leader is the the leader that is making decisions from, you know, that 2% portion of their mind before they make a decision. They're they're consciously observing how they feel. They're present with their bodies. Um, They are are more aware of what the outcome or what the impact is going to be. So there's a conscious leader and um, they're asking deeper questions And then there's the super conscious leader and the super conscious leader is a leader that is living in union with, um, you know, that sense of God consciousness that we talked about before they are in union with their own intuitive wisdom and the way that they lead comes from that space. Um, They're not just, consciously thinking about things, but they're living in the embodiment of it. And they're also allowing life to be their guide. They're allowing the universe, God, to guide them along the way. Uh, And so oftentimes they can do things without even planning it. And it's going to seem like they planned it. It's going to seem like they put a lot of time and energy and thought into it, but really they're just very tuned in to their own um, intuitive wisdom. And they're allowing that to be the guide for their life and the way that they do their, their business and how they lead people.
0: Thank you so much for uh, this conversation today. This has been delightful to me, just uh, a great experience. And uh, especially because I know that this is very helpful uh, information, good ideas and 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 to some degree how to do it. Uh, for the people listening so thank you uh, would you like to say any uh, final words in closing and and then also please tell us uh, your website or how someone could learn more about you
1: yeah of course well thank you so much for having me on the show and for this conversation and the space to have this conversation which I think is very important um, Lasting words. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very overwhelming world that we live in right now, and it can be very easy to um, absorb what that feels like. And, uh, and, and, and it it feels hard. Right. But I also think that within each and every one of us, there's greatness, there's light, there's um, an infinite amount of love. And the more that we can stay in tuned with that, and and vibrate that out into the world I think the better place that our world is going to continue to be so just remember um, remember that about your heart it's a very uh, special space and the highest source of love is the connection with our own heart and um, where you can find me is on sandyvo.com you can find all information on there and what I would love to offer your podcast listeners is a 14 day free trial to um, what I call the daily energy upgrade. So it's a short three minute audio clips for me. And it really guides people back to a place of um, remembering themselves, staying on track with their health and wellness goals. And it's that perfect reset, you know, that you need throughout the day, but it's only three minutes long. So Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So I hope uh, you made note of that, Everyone, uh, that 14-day free trial sounds like a great offer, and uh, you might want to take advantage of that.
1: Yes, and yeah. it's, um, it's on uh, www.sandyvote.com forward slash energy upgrade.
0: Okay. Did you get that? Repeat, Repeat one more time.
1: It's sandyvo.com forward slash energy upgrade. So it's 14-day free trial. And then after that, it's $9 a month.
0: All right. Thank you, Sandy. Again, it's been a pleasure to have you as a guest on the show. And um, you go on and have a great day that's left of it and a great life.
1: Thank you so much, Raymond, for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: And to you listeners, I hope you are learning and growing and enjoying our new interview format. Remember, it's your life. Make it a great one. Thank you for listening to the Our Spiritual Life podcast. I send you my love because together we can grow, awaken, and evolve to make a positive difference in the world. Learn more about what I do, including my shared intention groups at LiveYourSuccess.com. May you awaken, grow in consciousness, and experience many blessings.